how many times do we sacrifice a quality life for the sake of we're busy, this is happening, don't have time. And I'm like, what if I was to treat my life like how I feel about this coffee, that I am not willing to sacrifice uh, or compromise a good life. And I was like, that, that, I think that could be a powerful concept that pretend life is your coffee and always enjoy your coffee. Hello and welcome to Say Hi to the Future, a podcast aimed at highlighting the human side of ingenuity, clever, inventive, and original thinking. My name is Ken Tenser, CEO of Spiderworks, a leading business consultancy for mid-market organizations and entrepreneurs globally. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. With me today is Daniel Lewis, co-founder of Daniel's Chai Bar and author of The Wise Barista. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Daniel Lewis, welcome back. Say hi to the future. Glad to be back. Ken, thanks for having me on the show once again. So, Daniel, you you are the first three-peat on our show. Uh, I've got to tell you that, you know what, yeah, but every year you're you're just doing new things, you're exploring new things, and it, it's just amazing to see, and that's that's why we love having these repeat visits. Well, thank you so much. Well, I'm glad to, to, to take that award of the three-peat, first three-peat. That's really good. And Absolutely, Ken. I, I like to stay adventurous and see what I can dabble in and, and, you know, that's what keeps life interesting. So, I'm glad it resonates with the show. Absolutely. And Daniel, so for anybody who follows you on, on LinkedIn, like you have wonderful, wonderful posts about where you are and what you're doing, but I just got to hold you and your wife, Renata, you know, on one point. You are traveling the world giving what I know to be amazing keynote speeches to audiences. 90% of your videos is, is you and her eating. <laughs> Chocolate, <laughs> like, are you a keynote speaker? Are you working for the travel? I don't know anymore. I honestly don't know anymore. My thing is, my number one travel rule is wherever I land, especially a new place, I, I Google and ask around, what is the must try thing? And then I go out on a hunt, my foodie adventures, I call it. And I just like to capture that and share it with the audience. It's, it's always fun to try new things. So, but yeah, I don't know if I'm a food blogger or a keynote speaker anymore. Any, any favorites, any favorite restaurants yeah. and foods you can share with us? Absolutely. I'm just recently going to BC, which was always on my, my bucket list to go there. Um, I kept hearing about this BC roll, which is um, some sushi roll, but it's specifically called a BC roll. So I, I figured it was, you know, native to, to British Columbia. And we went out to Momo Sushi, downtown Vancouver, found it, and oh my goodness. Oh, have you tried it? Yeah, well, I've, and I've been to Momo. I, I've been, I, oh, I, nice. yeah, I've been to Vancouver many times for business, and, and I chose a wonderful restaurant and a great, uh, great taster. Really, really good. So right now, that's that's up there on the list. <laughs> okay, glad you could find it. So the, the other thing, Daniel, that, that I see you wearing is um, sweatshirts or t-shirts. Sometimes that say Pico. Yeah. Um, now we know Pico is a T, but my from what I see, there's an acronym behind that. Can you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Pico is a brand that we decided to launch and we're still in the early, early stages of it. We've always been loose sleep focused, loose sleep tea focused. 
And we decided, you know, what if we were to come out with tea bags and really try to position ourselves like the Tetleys, Red Roses, Liptons. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of just coming out with tea bags, let's see if we can build a movement that kind of talks to our purpose in business, which has always been use business as a tool to impact people's lives in a positive way. And so we're like, let's make it stand for something more. And then when we looked at the word PECO, we're like, what could we make it mean? What could what resonates? And I was able to come up with an acronym, which stands for people expressing kindness over everything. And it just worked. It was like, this is it. Let's make a community of kindness. Um, you know, we call it um, agents of kindness. That's We don't want customers. We want agents of kindness. These are people who, yes, they love orange peco tea, um, but they want to belong to something bigger and know that they're contributing. So the shirts and the sweaters are just uh, kind of that visible symbol of the agents of kindness. But when you take a deep dive into to the sustainability course that we're going to be doing with this tea uh, product line, how we're going to be treating those who are growing, how we're going to be um, working with our partners, it really speaks to the kindness that we're trying to spread throughout the world. You know what? I, I, I love that message. Uh, and I'm not surprised it's 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 coming from you. But boy, boy, do we need that. I mean, we're, we're in such, it's like continuously trying times. I mean, we talked about our two-year shutdown. Now we, we see incredible forest fires happening and, and shutting down cities because of climate change and, and sustainability issues. And Every day is an adventure, and it it just and not necessarily a, a grand adventure. Yeah. So, you know, kindness to me is what a beautiful place to start. Absolutely, I agree. So, and the other thing I just learned, I've been calling it Orange Pico forever. Yeah, most people do. It's it's Peco, but it's one of those things that has just been so widespread as Pico that you kind of just let it let it ride. But you know, every chance I get to say Peco. I say it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. thank you for letting me know that. Now, so you, you and one of the, I think the main reason now for this, this repeat, if you will, is uh, your new book, The Wise Barista, 11 Simple Truths to Living an Enriched Life. Yeah. Show us, show us again. There you go. Yeah. So this is the draft copy that has this banner across it, but um, yes, it's published now. It's, it's it. Uh, the Wise Barista, 11 uh, secret, uh, 11 simple truths. To living an enriched life. Why did you want to write a book, or did you even want to? And, and I, I phrase it that way because I never set out to write the first of my books. It just had to come out of me for some reason. Absolutely, and I, I you know, I'm glad you said that, uh, Ken, because it, it often happens that way with with authors. When you, you know, it's not that you're like, I'm going to write this book about. It. It's something happens, something triggers, something inspires. And then you kind of find yourself writing on the plane or, or you know, just in the office. And for me, this entire book and concept was, um, and I talk about it in the foreword, was inspired by one day I was just running errands with a friend and we went to grab a cup of coffee. And, you know, we got the coffee, through the drive through and then we drove away and I, I went to take the first sip and it was like lukewarm. It was just not a good cup of coffee. And I remember thinking, I'm like, no way, not today. Like I've been busy with the kids. Business has been busy. I've been all over the place. It's been a tough week. And right now we're going to just go do some leisurely errands. I am not sacrificing a good cup of coffee today. 
So please, can you turn the cup up, your cup around? That too, but turn the car around and let's go get a good cup of coffee so that I can enjoy this. I'm like, I will enjoy my coffee today. And after saying that throughout the day, I was thinking, I'm like, how many times do we sacrifice a quality life for the sake of we're busy, this is happening, don't have time. And I'm like, what if I was to treat my life like how I feel about this coffee that I am not willing to sacrifice uh, or compromise a good life. And I was like, that, that, I think that could be a powerful concept that pretend life is your coffee and always enjoy your coffee. Don't ever sacrifice it. Don't ever compromise it. So I started looking and thinking, I'm like, well, what does make an enriched life? What does make a quality cup of coffee or a quality life? And that's where I came up with these 11 truths as to what I believe does make um, an enriched life. And then just started using metaphor, coffee metaphors to, to construct the book. Awesome. So we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into the 11. Um, now, I, I love the idea that it's, they use the word simple. Look, I'm, I'm not the youngest person on the call today, on the interview today. Uh, my kids are now all between 25 and 30 years old. So, but they'll still always be my kids. But look, there was a time when, when I was raising them that anything more than simple, I would just stare at people going, yeah, you're, you're just, you just don't get me because I'm yeah. like 530 in the morning. I get them to school. I go to work. And even though I get some help, I'm driving until 10 at night. So give me yeah. something simple. And, and you know what? For me, it's always been walking, walking the dog in, in some of the woods around the area and by the water. So simplicity, yeah. especially during high stress times in our lives, so important. You captured the heart or the essence of, of where I was intending to go with the book that it's often that when somebody says something like, truths you're ready for some elaborate like oh i came up with this concept and it and the book is not that these are simple truths to living in a rich life and maybe for some at the end of this book they'll take another look at what an enriched lifestyle maybe looks for like for them and see that maybe i'm complicating things a bit like what does it really take to be happy or to be successful and start applying that to business life relationships and that's what i'm hoping for with this book that you could see these are not truths I'm making up. These are just true that this brings happiness and makes you feel like I'm living a good life. I'm enjoying my coffee. And that's what I really hope to bring about with this book. So what, one more question before we get to some of those truths. What does an enriched life mean? An enriched life to me means a, a life of quality in every essence of the word. And when I think quality, I mean quality relationships. So that means friendships, intimate relationships, a quality business life, which might not mean a big enterprise. Mm -hmm. It might just mean working on your schedule or with the team that you like in the way that you like. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be Fortune 500. But if it's quality, right? Quality clothing, does it mean top name brand? could mean comfortable, right? And so I tried to look at an enriched life being are all of the things that make up my life in a quality place. And if they are, then I feel I'm living an enriched life. And if I especially have a good perspective on who I am and who I present myself to be to others in the world, I think those 
things make up a quality life, right? It's just going line by line through who you are and saying, yes, this isn't a good place. This isn't a good place. And, and I think when you talk about to you, um, enriched life to you, I think that's so important. And it's funny you mentioned clothing. Early in my career, I, I um, was head of marketing for a very large chain of dry cleaners. And the notion here was, when you look at yourself in the mirror, do you feel good about yourself? Everybody has a different sense of style. Everybody has a, a different favorite color or, or a, a, a choice in clothing, but it was, do I feel good about myself? And so were the lapels properly done? Was this probably not? It, it goes back to the cold coffee. Like you want to feel good about yourself and the choices you make in the moment. And, and through my life, the mirror has been so important because sometimes, you know, you look at yourselves and you can, even if you're tired, you can have that sort of sense of self-satisfaction and know you're doing the right thing. And other times I'd stare in the mirror going, wow, it's one, one unhappy guy. <laughs> and it's obvious. You see it. You know, you yeah. feel it. You see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when you talk about clothing, when I just started in business, I believed that to play the part, I had to look a certain way. And so I compromised my coffee to fit the role. So I got a mocha espresso with milk and I don't drink milk, you know, so to speak. And I started dressing in these button up shirts and all that stuff. And I wasn't comfortable and I wasn't being myself. And, you know, I often talk about during my keynotes, the power of personality. It was only when I realized that this is not really me and go back to what makes me comfortable. Yeah. Striped socks and colorful bow ties and suspenders like Steve Urkel. That's when I felt comfortable in the room. That's when I felt this is me. And that's when success and opportunity started to present itself. So. Yeah, people people feed off of that. I mean, especially when you're on a stage, if 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 you don't feel good about yourself in the moment, how you look, how you feel, um, how you're wearing your clothes, and I don't mean physically, but meta metaphorically, like yes, I am comfortable is who I am today. People, whether it's a hundred or two thousand people, when I was in the south of Brazil, and they didn't speak English, but they they kind of got it. Yeah, and why my arms were flailing or why whatever. And I, I think that's, I think, again, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or one to 2,000, if you're not comfortable with who you are, um, there's going to be a disconnect in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That That's um, living an enriched lifestyle. Like you're on a stage and you know that you belong on that stage yeah. as yourself. You're going to represent as yourself. That's enriched. So, 11 simple truths. Which ones do you want to highlight for us? I'll highlight uh, some of my themes. The first one actually was measurement. Chapter one is measurement. And I start off always with some connotation to making or preparing coffee. And so to make the perfect cup of coffee, the right measurement is needed. You could have a great quality coffee, but using too little or using too much is not going to bring about the best cup. And so what is the right measurement? And I use that in adjacent to what is the right measurement in our efforts, in what we're doing in our life. If we're working too much and not spending enough time with loved ones, you know, that's not going to make for an enriched life or that's not going to make for the perfect cup. So measurement. Also talk about in the measurement chapter, measuring in a sense of comparison to others. I, I tried to debunk 
the notion of comparing myself to somebody else. There's literally no reason why I should ever compare myself to somebody else because if I want everything that Ken has, then I have to be willing to go through everything that Ken has. Like, it's not a fair measurement if I wasn't born where you were born, in the type that you were born, under the circumstances that you were born. I don't think the way you think. So then why would I measure myself to you? It just doesn't make sense. And so I try to look at measurement in those three aspects uh, and break it down to to kind of say life is all about the right measure. You know, if, if you're going to make the perfect cake or the perfect coffee, the ingredients have to be right. But the perfect measurement is most um, most important. Well, it's funny, Daniel. I mean, and as you're talking this through, I, I am doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, which is thinking about my own life. And you yeah. talk about measure. Um, I started to to work with uh, graduate students and, and teach more uh, more often around business, around strategy and leadership. And I lecture four to six hours a week, depending on the term. So a couple of in short, intense type courses. And people say to me, so are you liking it? I go, absolutely. I actually love it. Are you going to do more of it? And I say, absolutely not. I love four to six hours a week. Uh, yeah, if, I love that. If I was, yeah, but if I was doing it 18 hours a week, it would be more of a chore. And I think mm. the right measure of everything in your life, one, it's critical, and two, look, I'm not sure that 30 years ago I would have had a choice. I had to work a certain amount. I had to do this, I had to do that. But right. getting to a point where you can be more directive in, in what you measure and what you include in the mix, I, I think is critical to strive for. Absolutely. I think that's such a key message. And a lot of people need to hear that. That thing that you want to do or that you're doing and enjoying, maybe if you had more of it, you wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. You know, and that that exists as well. So finding the perfect balance is key. You say four to six hours might be the, the sweet spot. It's not always more is better. It's right measurement is best. So so such a good point there. Absolutely. Yeah. And Daniel, look, you know, that cold cup of coffee makes you enjoy every all one that much better. And so what's another simple truth? Another one is the espresso mindset. That chapter is all about concentrated efforts. Um, when you look at what an espresso is, it's concentrated coffee. You're taking a large amount of these ground up coffee beans under a high pressure to get a concentrated effort. And so... I try to apply that to business first, um, relationships as well, and life. What results are we capable of when we really focus in on key things? So not try to do everything. Right now, I'm focusing on you. Or when I'm at play with my kids, when I give that concentrated effort where and it's hard, believe me, where I'm not answering emails and, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, like, an enriched life is giving your concentrated effort to the things that you're involved in when you're involved in them, I, I believe. And so that's the espresso mindset in a nutshell. No, I, I, I love that too. And and um, <laughs> where you're triggering a lot of memories here, my, my, my late father, who was a, a very successful entrepreneur, once said to me, I was decades ago, it was a bit of a crisis in our, in our business at the moment. And he said, what you've got to do is focus your life on 15 minute bits you know uh, because right now you're bringing in seven eight things into your mind and you're not 
able to focus or deal with any of them, get them down to 15 minutes. If you can't handle that, get them down to 10. But find that one thing you need to solve right now, solve it, and then move on to the next one. And and that it doesn't it doesn't lessen the crisis, but it it highly focused me then and still today on okay, I, I'm not going to get everything done if I try and do it at once. But if I can focus in on that one short blast, as you're talking about that short intense blast, then then I will get through this. Absolutely. I love that 15 minutes bet. So I, uh, just a few months ago, when I uh, listened to, to what you're saying, I started um, journaling and a productivity journal. And I do a lot of things in a day, but my wife was like, trust me, try this journal. And these, um, these points here, I don't know if you could see them, but each dot represented 30 minute bursts. And the first thing always is what's the most important task of the day? This was the only thing you did. Mm. And I'm telling you, and ever since using this productivity journal, and taking the time to say, if I was only to do one thing, what would it be? Put that task there and then go at that 30 minute burst. My productivity has skyrocketed. That's why I'm able to do so many different things now because everything has its its focused, concentrated efforts. So, but man, in 15 minutes, whew, that, that'd be a good challenge. <laughs> I think 30 is as good as 15, but I think they're, we're both saying the same thing, like take figure out what is critical to get done and 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 do it and and sequence your your day otherwise for those of us who are entrepreneurs and and might not be able to focus minute to minute usually um i think either i i think this exercise is a great one so share with me one more uh simple truth and we'll leave eight more to your reader yes absolutely um, one that really, really, when I gave out the book to family and close friends to read, it really impacted them and, and it impacted me even writing it, is chapter four, Coffee Stains. And this chapter was, well, literally, when you think of, you know, coffee drips down your cup, it's on a piece of paper or on your desk, you lift the mug and then you look and there's that coffee stain circle. What if we were to have that kind of stain or impression on the hearts of those that we come into contact with is it possible to leave a coffee stain on every human interaction that you have or that at least is the goal so with coffee stains i highlight a story about that somebody who left an impression on somebody else and it dives into a true story which is really cool but i challenge the reader in in, in the chapter coffee stains to make meaningful relationships i just did a presentation in montreal last week called the engagement alchemy how to turn every human interaction into gold and it it was pretty much the essence of that once i talk to you once i come into contact with you i'm trying to leave the coffee stain on you something that you could never rub out again even if it's faintly there it's always there and that's what that chapter is all about oh i i look that's that's great and and leaving an impression or an imprint is is so critical we meet so many people we are so overblown with imagery and 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 our you know sensory overload and and yes we do need to be able to leave that and again a simpler simple imprint i mean there's one individual i met a few weeks ago and we've since had coffee to look for opportunities together and it was funny and this word i don't really use but the word that came to mind was delightful bright love engaging so comfortable um at the business table we were at and and so positive i'm like boy 
I, I'm just not going to forget this individual. It wasn't any huge grandstand or keynote or anything. It was just, yeah. you just felt this person was very comfortable in what they were doing. And that was a heck of an imprint to leave on me. I love that. Well, for the fact that you're sharing it with me, it means something. And I think that the power of the right impression doesn't have to be a big impression, but the right impression carries on. Like you're telling me about the coffee stain because it meant something to you. That conversation, that casual conversation, that's so important because we don't know what life holds. Some of us are here today, gone tomorrow. And I want to be able to know that whoever I did interact with, connect with, an impression was left in every aspect um, from my kids to the stranger that I meet in the grocery store, definitely want to leave that coffee stain. So I think that makes for an enriched life. So tell me, what is the coffee stain of the book? And again, we're speaking with Daniel Lewis, author of The Wise Barista, 11 Simple Truths to Living an Enriched Life. So I go on to Amazon, I find your book, I pay for your book, I get it, I read it, I love it. Why do I love it? What's that stain? Yeah, great question. Great question. It's going to, what I love about this book is just like anything that you taste, it's going to do something different or it's going to saturate on the palate differently for everyone. I feel that the entrepreneurs are going to get that needed motivation and context for how to be better in business. The person who maybe is just not in business, has not really nothing to do with business, is going to learn how to have better relationships with those around them. But overall, I think the reader is going to love this book because it's going to simplify what a quality, successful life is. And they might even just enjoy their actual copy better after reading it as well. So I really think you're going to get some easy, actionable takeaways and have a good, clear perspective on day by day. What are simple little adjustments I could make to live a quality life? Daniel, I love it. Things that you can easily access, things that are simple that can change your life. I mean, we're, you know, too often we're looking for the big, huge breakthrough and and often the bigger the simple. So I I look I look forward to reading it too. And it's amazing, you know, speaking with you, the time goes so quickly. And we're nearing the end of uh, our time together today on uh, Say Out of the Future. Again, Daniel Lewis, author of The Wise Barista. Last question for you today. Um, something that caught my attention is your leadership talk on the leadership kickstart. Uh, yes. and, and that you speak to empathy and resilience, and those are two things that are critical in our world. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm, I was asked to to put together a presentation to speak to a, a group of leaders, and they wanted to talk about uh, you know how do we better manage our teams and and you know become effective leaders. And I didn't want to go in with the concept of strategy, and you know as leaders we talk a lot about strategy and you know different policies. There's ways to you know conduct leadership from that lens, but I believe that. If we focus more on a servant leadership mentality and focus on ushering in kindness first, that's the kickstart. Kindness is key. If leaders understood and understand that if we lead with kindness, start with kindness, 
Mm-hmm. The empathy that we're going to need to lead, uh, to inspire and lead our teams comes from that. It comes from kindness and um, the resilience through challenges and obstacles, either for our, our teams that we're leading or for ourselves, are going to come from that team approach. Understand that this person is a kind person before they are a CEO. This person is a kind person before they are a VP. So I really tried to get the title out the way and 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 draw out that characteristic of kindness to know that I'm, I'm when I'm talking to a staff or giving feedback or direction, I'm talking to a human being. Where's the kindness in my tone, in my instruction, in my willingness to see them succeed? And then even amongst each other, it, uh, you know, when uh, people come up with good ideas, it's not just saying, well, that's a great idea. How can I add to that idea to see it come to life? That's the kindness that we need in order to lead and inspire teams. And that's what the kickstart's all about. Well, what a great message to end on, Daniel. Be be a great person, work hard, and, and let life come to you. Again, Daniel Lewis, thank you so much for being on Say Hi to the Future, uh, a three-beat. My first three-beat. So look forward to hearing from you next year. I don't know what it's about yet, but we I'm pretty sure it, we'll have another great chat together. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me once again. Wishing you all the best, Cam. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to support our show, leave us a review and join our mailing list by visiting www.spider.works. That's S-P-Y-D-E-R.works. And subscribe to our channel. Leave us a comment with who we should interview next. Thank you for listening and see you all next Friday.